0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us.
1: I'm researching this area for between three to four years. At the beginning, I started uh, investigating uh, the entire field of medical uh, devices, and specifically medical imaging devices.
0: That's Tom Mahler. He's a researcher at Ben-Gurion University. The research we're discussing today is titled A Dual-Layer Architecture for the Protection of Medical Devices from Anomalous Instructions. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com.
1: As you know, uh, this uh, area is very much uh, uh, unattended and there are a lot of problems in it and I did a, a research that laid out about uh, 23 different attacks on medical imaging devices. Uh, this was uh, the initial research I did on this topic. Then, once uh, we, we discovered uh, the different uh, uh, vectors of attacks, I also wanted to f- try to find a solution to these attacks because uh, just saying that uh, there, there are attacks, it's not enough. I wanted also to try to find solutions uh, so this is one of the solutions that uh, can be applied to protect from a wide range of attacks.
0: Well, before we dig into your research, can you give us an, an overview of, of what sort of things are we dealing with with these devices? For what kind of devices are we talking about and what are some of the concerns?
1: Medical imaging devices, well, you can, you can take the approach that I presented to other medical devices as well. But if we're talking on, on medical imaging devices, this is a CT's MRIs, ultrasounds, and uh, uh, such such devices, which has an ar- architecture which I presented. Uh, I can also send you the presentation if you want. They have some sort of host control PC that controls the medical device uh, and sends instructions to the actual medical device. So if you if you're thinking of a CT device, so uh, I, I don't know if you if you uh, have ever been in a CT device, a CT scanner. But uh, basically, you have uh, uh, the the control room uh, where a technician uh, uh, sits and uh, configures the uh, the exam, and then the patient is placed on a, a mechanical bed that is moving uh, through the scanning uh, the, through the scanning uh, procedure, and the scanner uh, rotates or does some uh, different uh, things depending on the technology. For example, CT uses X-ray radiation to scan the patients mri uses magnetic resonance to uh, uh, scan the patient and ultrasound uses uh, uh, ultrasonic waves but you can also think of other devices such as radiotherapy devices or uh, a robotic surgery or basically any any medical device that has a controlling pc so it's not. It's not. If you're thinking of a, a heart rate monitors or or, a, or cardiovascular implanted devices, it's it's not exactly this kind of device. I'm talking about a, a bigger devices that has some controlling interface. This hmm. is important for the architecture.
0: Now, what kind of communications typically goes on between that controlling device and the scanning hardware?
1: This varies significantly between a. a Ma- different manufacturer and different devices. For example, in the City device, that uh, this is where uh, we tested our idea, they have a CAN bus network, which is similar to what you have in uh, in cars, in in uh, you know the uh, you know the CAN um, connection. Yeah, yeah. C A N. Yeah. So it's it's just the same the same connection you have in in the car or in other uh, industrial control systems. So this is just a regular input but it doesn't really matter because even if you have an ethernet uh, connection or even if you have a, a even Wi-Fi connection, it doesn't matter because uh, our uh, I'll, I'll get into it in a few moments, but our, our idea is to monitor the traffic between this host control and the device. So usually from what I saw in city devices and MRIs, we're talking about CAN, can bus connections. But it can be it can also be uh, used when you have Ethernet connections normal LAN connections or if you have some other uh, Wi-Fi or even Bluetooth connections
0: I, I guess the question I'm, I'm getting at is um, in a tip, in one of these devices let's say uh, that the the uh, technician who's operating the device sends a, a command to the device you know to uh, just make something up here you know set the power level to 10 uh is there some sort of back and forth between the device and the control computer that says you know, where the computer says hey set this to 10 the device says you know got that 10 do you really mean 10 and the control says yes 10 <laughs> you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Uh, well this is an excellent question and uh, let me let me give you a little bit more background so the, the device at least in a city, in city devices, once the, the, oper- the technician uh, configures the, the scan, then the device sends all the instructions at once. In a CT device, it's called a gantry. A gantry is the physical scanner that the patient is, uh, sits into it.
0: Mm.
1: So uh, we, this is called the gantry. So the host PC sends the instructions to the gantry. Now, these intrac- instructions are com- uh, uh, complete with all the information that it needs to do the scan. There is no really back and forth. There are some, some things that, that are back and forth, but not in the way that you mentioned. I mean, mm. there is no, not a lot of uh, uh, ver- uh, validation. Mm. I'll say what, what validations exist and what uh, doesn't exist. The validation that, that exists are validations that are concerned with safety. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, medical devices needs to, needs to pass a lot of uh, regulations and, uh, and tests. So they pass safety tests that check that there isn't uh, too much high radiation mm. uh, or, like you say, uh, too high of a power. But the important thing is that since these devices are used for a wide range of different scans, so within the safe, uh, the safe uh, when I say safe in quotes, uh, within the safe uh, margin of the uh, allowed radiation or allowed movement, there is still a lot of gap. So uh, let, let's, say, let's say a big patient uh, with, a, w- with a heavy weight is being scanned. He can be scanned in the same device where a, a, a child, which weighs uh, much less, is scanned. So it's the same scanner and, and it, can take, it can take care of both patients. Mm. So, uh, of course, the, the heavier patient will get more radiation. So if, if you take this, the maximum uh, safe uh, radiation and put it into a child, So this is not so safe. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And another thing is that uh, there is no validation for the question, is this instruction fit or matches this specific patient? But the only one who knows all the profile of the patient and uh, let's say uh, his gender, his weight. So the only one who knows it is is the technician and he needs to configure the the exam. So the device itself doesn't make this validation. The device doesn't know which patient is being scanned. So this, this opens up a lot of uh, different uh, attacks. And also, I, I also want to uh, to add that a lot of attacks come from uh, uh, different sources. So we know that there are a lot of network attacks, like uh, the WannaCry attack propagated through the network and infected device after device. The WannaCry attack is very important in the medical device because it's one of the biggest attacks that actually affected medical, medical uh, devices. So this is a, a, like a, a very big event uh, here, and I know that there are uh, different companies who who, who offer uh, network-based solutions. So they they can scan the network. They can you can put a firewall. You can uh, uh, maybe try to do uh, the IoT discoverability. Um, you, you know these kind of things, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the, the this means that the, you can you can monitor the network, but the host PC itself is a very, very uh, closed system. So it's still a, a Windows a, a PC, a normal Windows PC, but they can't really install uh, endpoint security or even install updates to the computer mm-hmm. because let's say a city device comes one piece. It comes with the host and with the Gumtree and with all the servers. They are all supplied by the manufacturer and they are all past uh, all these rigorous validation regulations uh, that I mentioned uh, regarding the safety. So if you install an update, the manufacturer must make sure that this update didn't interfere with any other thing that may compromise the device and may, be, may cause damage to the, to the patient, even if it's just a security update.
0: Yeah, well, let's dig into your research here. I mean, uh, you're, you're talking about a dual layer architecture. Uh, describe to us what, what, what was your approach? So our approach
1: was that you you can protect the network, as I mentioned just now, you can protect the endpoint, but there is only a certain amount of protection that you you can do on the endpoint, because as I said, you can't install a lot of things on the endpoint. So our approach is to put the protection system outside of the uh, host uh, control PC and even outside of the entire uh, city ecosystem or medical device ecosystem. And we are connected from one side to the host PC and from the other side to the gantry. So you can think of us as a like a Wireshark sniffer, but we are doing, of course, uh, this analysis that I will mention uh, in a few minutes. But uh, we are monitoring the traffic and our approach doesn't require any change to the existing device. So if you own a city and you want to make it secure, you don't need to install anything on the network. You don't need to install anything on the PC itself. You can just take our uh, solution, which is uh, like a, a black box. You plug it in from one side to the host control, to the output of the host control. This output is supposed to go to the gantry. So instead of connecting it to the gantry, you connect it to our box. And then from the other side, our box connects to the gantry. And this way we can monitor all the traffic that passes through now uh, i will i will uh, explain of course the the method uh, later but it's important to know that to to understand that it doesn't matter where the attack came from so you can uh, maybe do a network based attack scenario or you can uh, insert some kind of usb a malicious usb to the host itself or it can even be a simple uh, human error we catch all these kind of things and you can't overpass our system because it doesn't protect from all kinds of attacks, but it protect from a, a very big portion of attacks. So if an attacker tries to, uh, like you uh, asked at the beginning of the interview, you asked uh, if, if, he, if he takes the power level, let's say to 10 or the radiation level, uh, uh, multiply the, radi- the radiation level by 100. So this the result of such an attack will be an instruction with too much radiation and we catch this instruction and by using AI methods, we can learn what are normal instructions and what are anomalous instructions and then detect these anomalous instructions.
0: Well, describe to us uh, the, the, the part of your approach here that's, that's utilizing artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah, so this is, the dual, this is the, the dual layer. And why dual layer? Because we have two different layers who are aimed at protecting two different kinds of anomalies. So the first layer... Is uh, the unsupervised uh, context-free layer, and this this layer uh, is using unsupervised anomaly detection algorithms, and we use uh, different kinds of algorithms such as isolation forest, uh, kNN, k nearest neighbors, uh, one plus SVM, and uh, a different combination of these algorithms uh, using an ensemble uh, technique, an ensemble average technique, and we recorded uh, about I think. 8,000 or, or maybe more instructions uh, from a real uh, city device. Uh, we did a collaboration with a manufacturer and a, and a hospital, and we recorded uh, over 8,000 instructions from uh, office of city device. And then we, uh, the first uh, unsupervised layer is learning uh, these instructions and try to find anomalies which are, uh, let's say, out of the normal distribution of instructions. So if there are very, uh, very weird instructions, for example, a very, very high radiation that was never sent before or a very weird combination of of parameters that uh, uh, that doesn't make sense because they were never sent uh, like this before. And uh, this is the first layer. So the first layer tries to detect very, very uh, strange instructions and the second layer is a context sensitive layer which uses supervised classification to uh, take the instruction and try to to learn uh, instructions with the context of the patient being scanned and the context of the clinical objective for the scan Hmm. so this is the second layer tries to 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 detect uh, instructions uh, like i explained at the the beginning uh, of let's say uh, an adult being scanned while the actual patient is a, a child. So uh, we, want, we wanted to also uh, learn uh, the instruction with the context of the patient being scanned. This, this is why we have these two layers. And I just want to say uh, two things about the, the data itself. So as I said, we collected over 8,000 uh, uh, instructions and they contain uh, over 200 different parameters. So this is a lot of, a lot of information of the scans. Now, uh, uh, the second thing I want to, to add about data is about the anomalies. So uh, you can you can think of how we actually tested this uh, idea because it's not easy to record. It's not easy to record data at all. It took us over one and a half years to uh, collect this data. Because each time we have to go to the to the hospital and, and phys, physically connect to the, to the device. And it's not it's not like they allow us to come whenever we want and plug a USB and download everything. It, there is a certain procedure. Yeah. So it, it took us a lot of a lot of time. And the anomalies were even harder because first of all, the, the hospital didn't allow at all for us to uh, try to record uh, manual instructions on our own. So we had to to collaborate with the manufacturer uh, of the CT devices to uh, try to we, we went to, to their uh, uh, development uh, uh, center and we uh, we brought a, a certified technician which sat on a, a development uh, CT but a real a real CT but which is being used for during development and we asked this technician to try on purpose to to generate uh, malicious instructions like. The maximum amount of level he could think of, or uh, the move, move the engines as fast as the device can. So this is one kind of analysis, which we call uh, manual anomalies, which we recorded. We we were able to record about sixty such anomalies. As you can imagine, this is a, a quite a long, a long uh, procedure. It took us uh, 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 several days, and each time it's a slow procedure because each time the, the city device actually does this instruction. Uh, now, at, at, at a certain point, the, the manufacturer told us that he doesn't like that we are, we are moving the rotor, the motors so fast because he's afraid that the development uh, city will break. So we had to <laughs> stop with this kind of instruction, but, but at least the, the radiation, the, radi- the maximum radiation was, uh, was okay. And uh, also, we had another set of malicious instructions, which we, by chance, we caught certain instructions that were were we recorded them during a maintenance procedure. So at a, at a certain month, this manufacturer came to the city, to the hospital that we, we worked with and uh, did some uh, calibration and testing on the device, uh, a normal a normal maintenance. But of course, a patient shouldn't be present during these uh, maintenance uh, instructions. So we also put, recorded them and insert them into our anomaly set.
0: You know, it's it strikes me that um, this could be useful to, to the manufacturer as well, because it could help them detect bugs and errors in their own system.
1: Yes, uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, and for them, it could be useful in, uh, for, for much more. First of all, for cybersecurity, of course, this is why this manufacturer really liked our idea, because he said that, It's very easy to implement it doesn't need to install anything it's just a plug and play just take this uh, black box puts it uh, in his in his device and and it it makes his device more safe and another thing it can help them not only learn uh, not only detect errors but also learn you know like uh, business intelligence for example how many scans of certain types were were done on this specific uh, uh, device and then and then they can say that let's say Specific CT scanner did a lot of uh, uh, head scans and let's say these head scans highly affect certain parts of the device and because this, uh, this uh, device did a lot of head tests, uh, then it needs to, to, to keep a maintenance of certain uh, x-ray tubes. So this is also something that could be very interesting for the manufacturers
0: it strikes me, too, that this could be very useful for for something like an an infusion pump. You know I'm thinking about just preventing medical errors. and and, as you say, um being able to gather data about when errors do happen, what are the circumstances under which they occur? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, I think I, I, I think so as well. And this is why the, I think that what really helps here is the second the context sensitive layer. Of this uh, dual-layer architecture, because this, adding the context to the instructions, they don't do it. I mean, the manufacturers simply send instructions without any context. So, if you add the insights you know about the context, you can you can really do a lot of interesting things. Also, in terms of optimization, uh, optimizing the instructions to to better fit this specific patient being scanned, not just any patient being scanned.
0: Are there any concerns with, for example, latency or, or availability if, if uh, you know, the, the ability for these machines to connect to the device that, that you all have designed here, uh, is, it, is, is there potential for it to slow things down? Or, or you know, For example, if, if your system goes down for some reason, can the hospital still bypass it?
1: If our system fails, uh, then the, ho- the hospital can always revert to the current situation that he has today without our system. So if there is some problem, you can just unplug our system, plug uh, and plug the the host directly to the to the country, and everything works the same. Mm. So uh, so this this won't cause any problem in terms of latency. From what we uh, saw, uh, uh, analyzing one instruction is a matter of milliseconds. So I don't think it would cause a slowdown to the procedure itself, and also. Uh, you can apply on the instructions simultaneously while the device begins its operation. A city a scan is not something that takes a millisecond. It's a procedure that takes, let's say, even one or two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you, if, if you discover an anomaly after two or three seconds and you give the alert, so the uh, technician can, can stop the device uh, uh, immediately, and no, 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 no damage would be done because two or three th- seconds, even at the highest radiation, wouldn't cause any problem. Now, we also uh, want to add in the future explanation to the system, which will also explain the anomalies and not just alert them. Regarding the explanation, I think here would be a bit, maybe a bit more latency because the explanation process is more slow, but we're, we're, we're not there yet.
0: Our thanks to Tom Mahler from Ben Gurion University for joining us. The research is titled A Dual Layer Architecture for the Protection of Medical Devices from Anomalous Instructions. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense.